You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Everyone to RB1 Colon Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by only one of the guys. It's our resident old man, Clark Barnes. Clark, how you doing today? Doing great, Pete. <laughs> how do you feel about uh, Jalen Ramsey no longer being in your division? It's fine. Uh, it's fun. It, <laughs> I, it's good for the Texans. It's a win. Uh, at least for the next two or three years. I think it is baffling that uh, when you don't have an offensive line and those are getting harder and harder to come by, that you trade so much for a corner. That just seems really odd. They didn't seemingly need this. Jalen Ramsey is an amazing player, and he is that kind of like final piece type player that I can see making a move like this for. But the Rams have really regressed. I don't know if they know that they're not that good anymore. Do they not? Yeah, know? no. And and the thing too is is that it wasn't really their defense that was letting them down. I mean, their defense wasn't great, but it's it's been the offense. It's been Jared Goff. It's been Todd Gurley. It's been those parts of the offense that have and like you said, the offensive line that's been kind of uh, setting setting everything back. So maybe maybe this is. Uh, a move to kind of shore up the defense and try to shift gears and become more of a defensive team. If that's possible in today's day and age of football, who knows? But I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, I mean, Jalen Ramsey with Aaron Donald in that defense, like that's a, that's a pretty, pretty nice squad right there. Yeah. The idea is fine. And I, I love the idea of training draft picks for good known quantities but a little bit like the Laramie Tunsil deal that the Texans made. I haven't heard anything about Jalen Ramsey signing a new contract. Yeah. And, and so these are just, these are just odd things. Uh, those two first round draft picks may end up being nothing. You know, we, of all drafts, I think the, the NFL draft is the biggest crapshoot. That's not a secret, but boy, it seems like a lot for, for a player who is, probably the best or you know at least top five of his position he is amazing oh yeah and you but you would hope that he you would hope that as the rams giving up that much that much capital to get him that he that there was some sort of under the table deal that hey jalen ramsey will sign a long-term extension with us which then is also for the rams kind of iffy because they're Jared Goff, they have they're spending the most cap space on quarterback, running back. They're like top five in wide receiver. And in order to retain Ramsey, they're gonna have to be one to to keep him because he's gonna want the biggest contract ever given out to a corner. So they're and they've all and they've got number one cap space dedicated to Aaron Donald in the defensive line. So they are they're 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 building the team in a way of like we're going to have five guys who we're going to pay a shit ton of money for, then everyone else on this team is going to be on cheap rookie deals, which 
uh, we'll see if that works. It seems uh, like a small percentage to dedicate all your cap to, but who knows? Yeah, and I think you can do a deal with a player when the other team is participating. Like, I, I think you can have the mm. sign the contract and mm. trade. I think the other team just has to be as long as they're aware involved. of involved. <laughs> you can't you can't Texans the GM kind of situation. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, hopefully this will mean that uh, next week or in two weeks, whenever the NFL trade deadline comes, hopefully that this this is a precursor to there being a whole bunch of excitement and a whole bunch of moves, and maybe we'll get some offensive pieces going so we can talk about them and, and see what fantasy impact they'll have. Uh, yeah. Let's These see. are just the rumblings that bring uh, Pierce Brosnan to the town of Dante's Peak before the big eruption. Exactly. Guess what I've been doing lately, Pete? <laughs> Watching scary movies about Washington. Oh God, that uh, good that's movie. A scary. That's a scary thing, though. The the whole what is that? Is that Yosemite? That's like basically is like a hundred years overdue to just explode and take out half of the U.S. Sort of. It's all the or Ring of Fire. Yeah. Uh, so it's the Mount St. Helens. Mm. Uh, you know Yosemite. Yeah, yeah. It's all. It's all connected. All connected. All under all. we uh, One giant lava pit underneath that's going to blow up and take down the whole u.s with it well no better time than now <laughs> to, to, wow. to sink the u.s in a pool of lava all right let's get to week seven starts and sits now that we're on this positive note about the end of days coming uh i will start us off thursday night football kansas city at denver uh the chiefs heading to there to play the broncos uh and my play for this game I'm going to say start Royce Freeman, who also quickly 70% owned in Yahoo League. So if he's available, you should grab him for this week. I don't think you should start him over Philip Lindsay, but I think you can start him confidently with Philip Lindsay. It's been a perfectly split backfield uh, throughout this whole season, and this is not new to anyone. Freeman's been averaging 14.5 touches per game, and Lindsay's been averaging 17. Uh, so there, it's basically even and the chiefs defense has given up the most rushing yards to running backs this season and has allowed four running backs in a row to gain over a hundred yards. The biggest thing that Royce Freeman has going for him. And we talk a lot about that, about this on, on the pod is positive regression. He's yet to score a touchdown, despite the fact that he is the Broncos primary red zone carry ball handler um, and has been given, you know, uh, such a f- heavy workload. So that's going to, I think that's going to change this week against a defense that's giving up the most red zone touches to backs over the last four weeks. So I think that Freeman has a great chance to carry the ball, you know, his usual amount, but gain a lot of yards. And then once he gets into that red zone, fall in for a touchdown, get a positive regression. I think he's a strong flex and maybe even RB2 this week. I like it. And I think I would go with Freeman over Lindsay this week. We saw the Colts, uh, produce the blueprint that the Texans then copied. And I think Denver will be completely happy to run the ball inside, uh, not necessarily inside the guard, but uh, keeping it close inside the line of scrimmage. I don't know how you say that. Between the hash marks. You know, not running outside. (laughs) That's the point. Uh, Houston is not a great rushing team, but they will commit to it. We saw Carlos Hyde go off last week. Uh, Again, Marlon Mack, 29 carries against the Chiefs. So Royce Freeman is going to get a ton of work. I think Philip Lindsay is, is also really good. And I think that uh, this game is ripe for the Denver defense to really surprise people and get after Mahomes. So I need to make up some ground in our staff picks uh, contest 
and I usually do this about this time of year and end up finishing last. So I have picked the Denver Broncos to best the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, panic in KC after the Thursday night match. Yeah, there's a narrative here that that could definitely happen. And you, I know, I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking about, I mean, obviously you'll never bench Patrick Mahomes, but I was thinking like, he's not... I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't have a great game. He's been coming off of two games where he hasn't been terrific. And that ankle injury clearly is, is having an impact on his game. And the Broncos from a fantasy perspective have, I think they're like the third or fourth best defense uh, in allowing fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. So part of that is just who they've played. But I think that you're saying you're right. This, this defense is, kind of now starting to get its legs under it and it's starting to pick up really work under Vic Vangio's leadership. Uh, and I think they're going to get pressure and maybe we see another kind of lukewarm performance out of Patty Mahomes. Also, if you're feeling real dangerous, uh, I like Noah Fant this week against the chiefs who are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to tight end this season. So get sexy. Oh man. Speaking of tight ends who might have a good game. I don't know if you want to cover it. Travis Kelsey for you DFS players who like playing the Thursday slate, even though I think Denver defense might surprise people. Oh boy. I'm getting all the Travis Kelsey I can. (laughs) I was, I was mildly confused about what tight end you were going to speak of, but I'm in it. I'm in it for a minute. Clark, what's the first game you're going to talk about today? Uh, So we've mentioned them briefly just a second ago. We've got the Texans at the Colts divisional matchup. uh, And unlike some divisional matchups, these teams seem to really just tee off offensively against one another. Uh, But this is not the week to take a shot on Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle at tight end. I know that the tight end market is uh, bull bearish at the moment. There's just not a lot of options out there, but the Texans are giving up the third fewest points to tight end. Now that's that stat in and of itself doesn't necessarily mean much but they face travis kelsey austin hooper and jerry cook i can't believe i'm saying austin hooper like he's good austin uh, hooper has been still i know he's been really good he's getting the ball uh, that's jared <laughs> cook with drew Brees. so the texans have faced some good tight ends and and done relatively well shutting them down which is kind of new for them this year uh now marlon mack is going to have a fine game they're giving him the ball early and often i don't think he's going to have a great game because i think the sneaky start here if you're hurting on bye weeks is naheem hines I've, I think I've said this 60 times. Uh, At least on, twice a show. <laughs> on games coverages, the Texans cannot handle speedy receiving backs. Uh, we saw it against Kansas City. The most successful plays they had were misdirection plays to their running backs, uh, little screen passes and things like that. So Naheem Hines, great desperation play. We talked about uh, DFS with Travis Kelsey. T.Y. Hilton, like, feasts on the Texans every time he plays them. So I expect that to continue. He's an obvious start, but if you're building DFS lineups, I'd go with Hilton. Anybody on the Colts you want to talk about that I didn't mention? Uh, not on the Colts. I like Darren Fells this week. as. Agreed. Uh, Darren, the Colts are third, allowing third most points to tight ends this season. And I just picked him up in one of my leagues. And so I'm putting good vibes out there for him this week, but he's, he's pretty much cemented himself as the number one tight end in the Texans offenses has been seeing regular usage. So I, I like him to continue his kind of emergence, uh, against the Colts defense that can't cover the tight end. 
Yeah, I agree. So the the Colts allowed 18 plus points to Austin Hooper, whereas the Texans gave up 5.6. So that's kind of a, a like for like comparison there. Darren Fells has been putting up good box score numbers and he's looked good. Like he, he yeah. has looked like a plus athlete out there at tight end. It's really tough to do that when you when you have to be so big, uh, but he's looked really good. Now the sit, unfortunately, is uh, in case you're not already doing this, because I had to come up with something, Duke Johnson, it's just in case you haven't Pours noticed. Uh, yes is the answer to will Bill O'Brien trade a third round pick for someone that he will then bury on the death chart behind Carlos Hyde. I mean, when you get a chance to trade for a young, talented player and then bury him for another older player that you traded for, you always do it. You take it without, you know, you can't ask questions. And I'm, I'm, I'm signing back up for Will Fuller. He had some awful drops last week and I don't think he forgot how to play football and he's still getting open deep. Uh, I mean, I've obviously still on the DeAndre Hopkins train too, but I think there's gonna be a lot of points in this game. So light them up. Texans Colts. Yeah, this could, this is going to be, this is going to be a good game. Uh, The second game that I'm talking about this week, San Francisco 49 is heading to Washington uh, to take on the breadsticks. I'm going to fade Terry McLaurin. I love (laughs) scary Terry. I know, but this 49ers defense is for real. And Washington's quarterback situation is not. The Niners are allowing the fifth fewest points to wide receivers. And they're giving up only five and a half catches per game to outside receivers. I'm not saying, and this is why I said fade Terry, is I'm not thinking that he is going to get shut out, give you a Mike Evans 0.0 points, but I'm thinking like Terry versus the Patriots, where I think he finished with like six catches for 50 yards. You know, he's a maybe a flex at best, I would say a wide receiver three. So if you're playing in super deep leagues where you've got to start, you know, multi, you know, upwards of yeah. upwards of four wide receivers uh then i think you still keep terry in your starting lineup but i don't think that he is going to go be the scary terry that we've seen because this 49ers defense routinely has shown me that they are 100 percent for real and he's going to be dealing with richard sherman who still even at his age is very very good at his job yeah, I, I'm not worried about Sherman, but I am worried about the 49ers pass rush, who's been playing very well. And, right, you know, the narrative of they're playing bad teams is slowly going away. You know, I hate, I don't know what happened to Richard Sherman, man, but I hate agreeing with him. He just seems like a, anyway. Uh, so I, I think the point is well made with Terry McLaurin because it's not like you drafted him to be your number two wide receiver or number three wide receiver. So if you've been making those tough decisions and right. breaking fate, breaking ties in favor of McLaurin, this may be a good week to give him the week off. Yeah. Yeah. I also like Tevin Coleman in this game because he leads the backfield and carries averaging 17 <laughs> per carry and, and uh, Washington has the fifth most points to running backs and given up a touchdown for the last five games. And we know As, the four, Kyle Shanahan's offense has run the football and Matt Breida is not his favorite running back for some reason. I'm really upset. And, and you know what? I have to, I have to be frank. Uh, Tevin Coleman is doing a good job. I don't think he's doing as a good job as Matt Breida did literally days before <laughs> in other Literally games. when he was not playing, uh, Matt Breida did a good job. But Tevin Coleman is, is a must start and he's getting those high value touches on the goal line and it's irritating, but um, so I, I have a sit. Uh, I know we are all excited about the obvious play when Adrian Peterson last week, we were totally right. He had a good game. He is an obvious sit this week. Ooh, uh, yeah. Look at the matchups, played the dolphins, obvious start. 
look at what the 49ers have done to opposing running backs. He is an obvious sit. So uh, enjoy the game that you had with him. I'm not saying you should drop him, but he's hopefully not a vital player for your team and just go ahead and give AP the week off. Yeah, no, I've seen him on a bunch of people's start lists this week, which I have found surprising to say the least. Because I bet he gets a lot of volume, but I'd be right. I and that's, and, that's awesome. and, and maybe that's what they're all expecting. It's like Adrian Peterson to lock for 25 carries. It's like, yes, that's great. But this 49ers defense, man, is fucking good. They are 25 carries for like 54 yards. Yeah. And that's, that's not what you want. Uh, what's the second game you're watching this week? So this one is actually going to be really fun. I think, uh, in real football terms and in fantasy football terms, Rams and Falcons. So this was a super easy game to preview. You should start them, whatever you're thinking, whoever you're thinking about. Yes, (laughs) you should start them. Uh, so like even Muhammad Sanu would, if I'm desperate, I'm fine throwing him in. It's not like the Rams are garbage on defense, uh, but the Falcons certainly are. And their offense is really cooking. Uh, and they're still finding a way to lose most of their games. Really interesting. Uh, I think the Rams get right. I'm using air quotes for all of you listening to the podcast against this bad Falcons defense. So if Malcolm Brown gets another crack at it, we were just talking about how the 49ers defense is really good. I think maybe Malcolm Brown is a little bit better than we saw last week. If Todd Gurley still misses, I would go back to the well with Malcolm Brown. Uh, I think the only questionable one here for the Falcons is if you're down on Devonta Freeman and getting frustrated with him, I would plug him in against the Rams here too. So yeah, just start everyone. Even yeah. Austin, I forgot Austin Hooper because he's not I mean, really that good, but he keeps getting the ball. So, <laughs> but he just keeps getting volume. Uh, yeah, the AP argument. Yeah, I think for we've we've touched on some DFS names, but I think that if you have Calvin Ridley, fire him up this week. I think this is a Calvin Ridley week. We've seen him already. He had two super strong performances to start the year, and he's coming off of two really good ones: one against Houston, one against Arizona, both of which where he's caught a touchdown. And I think you're going to, yes, we talked about it at the top of the show, the, uh, the Rams just got Jalen Ramsey, but Jalen Ramsey is clearly going to be lining up across Julio and the Rams don't have a keep to who's on IR and they just traded Marcus Peters to the Ravens, something else we didn't talk about, but so there's not a really second or third corner for them to cover Ridley or Sanu with. Um, and I just think, I think Ridley's going to have a big big outing this week and uh is someone who you should have in a lot of your dfs lineups and if you have him on your squad should be in your starting lineup for sure i would i would break towards calvin ridley that over scary terry if i were making that decision someone should look up how jalen ramsey has done against julio jones Ooh, um fake team stats and information uh, slash uh twitter people want to they'll effort that and get back to us likely after your next game yeah, tell us tell us that later. Uh, all right, my next game, I'm going to Philadelphia. I'm going to Dallas to take where the Eagles are going to take on the Cowboys. Um, this game, I initially had Michael Gallup as my start, and then I was like, come on, Peter, do better than that. Of course, you're going to start Michael Gallup against this Eagles secondary. So I said, instead, I'm going to start Miles Sanders this week. We've seen Sanders cement himself as the Eagles pass, rush, uh, pass catching back. Uh, he's fourth on the team in receptions with 13 and Jordan Howard isn't even sniffing his kind of workload in the passing game. And he's coming off of his best fantasy game of the year, catching three balls for 86 yards and a touchdown while the Cowboys have been pretty solid on the ground, you know, their run defense or their prevention against points uh, to running backs on the ground has been about average, a little above average. They've allowed the seventh most passing yards to backs and are tied with Washington for the second most receptions 
giving up almost seven catches a game to running backs. So I think that this is exactly where Miles Sanders is going to eat. And I'd expect an offensive mind like Doug Peterson to take full advantage of this week leak. I like it. I think this Eagles secondary is so questionable that Cole Beasley might have a good game. Cole Beasley now of the Bills. That was that was a good that was a good joke. That was a good that, joke. That was, uh, that, was uh, that was a good joke. Yep. Uh, on the flip side, though, for this game, this game features Ezekiel Elliott going toe to toe with an Eagles run defense that ranks second per DVOA and is allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs this year. So. That's obviously uh, not exactly the matchup you want for your stud RB1. So to figure out exactly what Zeke owners can expect from this week, it's time for Tough Decisions with Pete's Mom. Hey, Ma. What's up? Okay, I have a fantasy question for you. Uh, Am I online again? You are. (laughs) Okay, here we go. All right. Ezekiel Elliott, the running back for the Dallas Cowboys, is facing the second-best run defense in the NFL. But Elliott, in his own right, is a top-three running back in the league and coming off one of his best games of the season. So, in fantasy, do you start him with confidence, fade him, meaning he won't be a top-12 running back this week, or put him on your bench? So, he's up against a top-two defense. What would you say he is? Is he... A top two, a top one. He is he is a top three running back this year. Ooh, so what are the odds? Exactly. Uh, and that defense, what is it particularly good at? Stopping the run. <laughs> How's he been performing lately? He's coming off of his best game of the season. Did you listen to anything I just said? It's very <laughs> thorough. I think he's on a roll. Play him. Start him with confidence, you say. Start him with confidence. There you go. If the team has confidence, he'll have confidence. There you go. That is my mother's insight on whether or not Ezekiel Elliott is worth staying on your bench. And she says he will destroy the Eagles' defense and leave them in ruins as he runs his way to 100-plus yards and multiple touchdowns. Thanks, Ma. You're welcome. Bye. That was Tough Decisions with Pete Ma. So there you good go. insight and analysis. Yeah. From mom. Yeah. My Asking mom the tough questions. All right. Before we go on, let's take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back. More Week 7 starts and sits. Clark, what's the next game you're talking about? That's a good segment. I'm... I'm all disheveled. That was a good segment. Okay. Uh, 
So we have Chargers Titans. I wanted to talk about uh, the emergence of Ryan Tannehill and what that is going to mean <laughs> for the Titans. Something everyone is very excited for. Yeah. While I don't think he's a ton better than Marcus Mariota, I do think Ryan Tannehill is better than Marcus Mariota. So if I'm in a if I'm in a bad way this week, I'm starting Corey Davis and or AJ Brown. Not both. I would just take a shot on one of them. Uh, the phenomenon that seems to happen is a new quarterback comes in and at least has a little bit of success. Uh, that's what I'm kind of banking on with the Titans. The Titans offense is not good, but they have good players on the offense. And I believe that they were always held back by Mariota. So maybe we can get a little bit better production out of Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you know, we all know that Derrick Henry is not good, but is just getting lucky this year <laughs> in fantasy. Uh, but I would start him. <laughs> Uh, I love you, Nick. Uh, the Titans defense has been okay against the rush. So I'm a little worried about starting Melvin Gordon, but they have not been great against pass catching backs. And so I just hope the assumption of rational coaching to steal a line from Sigmund please, that Austin Eckler gets the ball. Please um, let Austin Eckler be a focal point of this offense this week. And Keenan Allen. I wrote about both of them in my panic picks this week. Like what, what happened chargers? What, what is your thought process here? Let's look back at what was successful and then start doing that. And let's do that, maybe. Hunter Henry, obvious. Uh, I mean, 100 yards and two touchdowns will be tough to repeat, but there's just no one available at tight end. Uh, if you have Hunter Henry and, you know, Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey, you should send away one of the other ones because Henry's going to be really good, uh, just provided that his knee holds up. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think even though these teams have struggled and aren't uh, bastions of offensive production lately i think that this game has some sneaky scoring upside so i i am gonna try to squeeze in some of these guys uh if i'm filling in for my for my bi-week holes because you know you got to fill those holes you got it got to fill those holes that's fantasy football 101 fill the holes uh yeah and i like your Corey davis aj brown call like i think it's uh if i were an owner of them i would it's a little premature because I would want to see exactly who Ryan Tannehill favors. I would want to watch one week of gameplay and see. That being said, we've talked about this on Tuesday's podcast where when we were just talking about Mariota's benching and what Tannehill brings that's different. Tannehill, we feel, I feel like, has just a better middle-of-the-field accuracy and can get the ball to people with in the short to intermediate routes which hopefully will just be getting the, you know, getting Corey Davis and AJ Brown, the ball when they are open uh, instead of kind of missing them or, or preventing them from being able to, you know, do any yards after the catch. So I think you're fine playing them as long as your expectations are low, but I would certainly, if you are, I would certainly watch this game and see how it plays out because if Tannehill shows a preference to either of them, go out and get that guy because there's a lot, there's a real likelihood that that guy suddenly takes off and becomes a decent fantasy player. Yeah. To make sure we're level setting, this is for the person who is getting crushed on buys and has to pick up somebody late sure. from waivers. I'm yeah. not saying like, Oh, you know that yeah, like over Terry McLaurin that we're worried about. No, that's, that's yeah. not what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, we're slowly building our own wide receiver rankings here. And it goes Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, Corey Davis. Look at that. Yep. Uh, all right, my next game I'm talking about Miami at Buffalo. And my play for this game is to start Devin Singletary, who also 
just like Royce Freeman, 75% owned in Yahoo League. So if he's available, you go get him. He's been practicing and is expected to play Sunday. And he gets to come back against a god-awful Dolphins run defense. I mean, we know how terrible this run defense is. They're allowing the second most rushing yards per game. And Devin Singletary looked really good in those first two weeks that I think he is going to be able to still be wildly productive and get you a good fantasy outing. And I'm hoping so, because I have been storing him on my bench, despite the fact that this league, one of the leagues I'm playing, the league I have him in, only has three bench spots. And it's been taking one of my bench spots up, and I've just been having to hold him there until he is healthy. And now he's healthy, and I'm putting in the starting lineup with confidence. He's going to play, and he's going to eat, and I'm going to be so happy I kept him. It's all going to be worth it, Clark. Speak it into the world, Pete. You know, that's what I use this podcast to do. That's literally Uh, why we're here. I think he's a good go and buy. If someone in your league has given up on him, as they well should have, he should be available, I think, widely. Um, Yeah, I like it. There was some love expressed last week for the Dolphins wide receivers who did pretty well. I had to plug Devontae Parker in there, and he didn't kill me. Uh, Do not do that this week against what is an absolute buzzsaw of a Bills defense. Uh, we're back to, uh, despite Ryan Fitzpatrick playing, which I, so, so I'm always oh, yeah, let's, curious. Let's it's talk like, about wait, that. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick has been named the starting quarterback for the Dolphins of mm-hmm. Miami. And I say, don't play the wide receivers against Buffalo. But then I say that and the little voice in my head is like, but it's Ryan. But maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick throws 30 bombs to Devontae Adams or Devontae Parker. He might. He might. He's got the cojones for it. I'm torn now. You should think about it and then make your own decisions and let us know what it is on the Twitter at faketeams.com. There you go. Or at fake teams. (laughs) Fucking the Rihanna thing threw me off. (laughs) Now you you just have no sense of what social media and and pop culture is. It's It's a vast wasteland there. There's no need to fully get yourself into it. I also really like John Brown this week. I feel like because the Bills are coming off of a bye that people could forget about uh, them and just forget about this offense. And But this, this, uh, this Dolphins defense is terrible and is a great fix for uh, any offense and great gives you great fantasy performances. So John Brown coming off of a bye, I love him to, to do some work and do some damage and all right, give us your uh, last game you're talking about this week. So the last game is the Cardinals at the Giants. The Cardinals offense is is fun to watch, and the Cardinals defense is a traveling road show of featuring our opponent's fantasy players. So even though the Giants had a very rough go against the Patriots, Patriots. Uh, last week? Yep, uh, two thirds. Some, sometime in the past. Uh Patrick Peterson is returning and he'll likely line up against the Giants best wide receiver, which is Golden Tate, uh, who was good. I'm not, I'm not laughing at Golden Tate. I'm just laughing at him being the number one. Uh, I, I feel like Tate is still probably going to be able to get his. I'm very worried that uh, Daniel Jones is going to have another tough outing though. So hopefully Saquon comes back and you're starting him. Hopefully Evan Ingram comes back and you're starting him because this, Cardinals defense has been truly not good with Patrick Peterson out. I think Peterson improves the defense, but I'm still going to, I'm still going to start my giants. Yeah. And both of those Saquon and Evan Ingram, I saw have been practicing and I think are expected for, uh, 
for this weekend, which is great, especially Evan Ingram, since we all know the Cardinals defense can't cover tight ends worth a damn and have given up, I think, like seven touchdowns to tight ends, which is, of course, the uh, worst than the worst in the NFL. That is a lot. <laughs> is, seven weeks. That is a preposterous. It's a uh, quick math. Ooh, won a game. Yeah. And so the just uh, for the Cardinals, despite the Giants being uh pretty good against the run obviously you're going to start david johnson but what i do think that means is that uh, there's been a lot of love for chase edmonds i think if johnson is a a go and relatively healthy uh, i think i'll go ahead and sit him Uh, cardinals are going to want to pass i think they're going to be able to do that against the giants so i'm firing up fitzgerald and kirk if i'm if i'm looking to break any ties for those guys who have just been putting up kind of spotty middle of the road production i think i start them this week against a horrible giants team uh so a matchup of two horrible teams this has a chance to be a really good one for not only both offenses but if you're super desperate for a defense just pick one of these guys uh their quarterbacks or well at least daniel jones likes to throw the ball to the other team i don't have kyler murray's numbers up but you know he's a rookie so you can can do a lot worse than uh I like worse than throwing him. Yeah, I like Kyler Murray this game too because uh, the Giants' defense, sneakily doing some deep research here, has given up the second most rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks so far this season. And I think Kyler Murray is starting to figure out, and Cliff Kingsbury too are starting to be like, "Ooh, maybe we should get Kyler a little more involved in the running game?" Question mark. Which feels like no, you should, should not. <laughs> feels like you should have been doing that from day one, uh, despite the fact that he is five five and a hundred pounds. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kyler Murray sneaks in for a touchdown on the ground, which is an extra six points for that rushing touchdown rather than four points for that passing touchdown. Wow. Kyler Murray has fewer interceptions than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jameis Winston bested him in a day. So that's <laughs> nice. Uh, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff. Kyler's having a good season. Kyler He's Murray looking good out there. Pretty well. Yeah. yeah, Kyler, Kyler, Kyler. Looking I just haven't watched a lot of Cardinals games because I have limited time. And why would I want to do that I mean, to my eyes? Who can blame you? Yeah, no one's, no one's, no one's blaming you. Just wait till they play the Houston. We got the two best young quarterbacks playing together in a battle for supremacy. Uh, All right. Final game. We're talking about Monday night football. The New York jets head to new England to take on the Patriots. This is a cautious start uh, that I'm giving It's cautiously start Jamison Crowder this week, especially if you're in PPR leagues. And I know that the Patriots defensive numbers are crazy this season and they've been locking down teams and everyone loves to be like, don't play anyone against the Patriots, which I mean, as a Patriots fan, I love to bask in the superiority that we have in the uh, in the defensive side of the football. But most of the Patriots stats and numbers have come from a shitty offenses. They have not played the cream of the crop yet, which anyone on a talk show radio would love to to single out. But also those numbers have really come strong against number one receivers. Gilmore is the Stefan Gilmore is the best corner in the NFL and he's shutting down teams number one's receivers right now. But there has been some success that teams have had against uh, the Patriots out of the slot slash kind of possession guys underneath and relying on them to kind of get yak or, or winning at the line of scrimmage week one versus the Steelers. James Washington got free for 51 yards uh, on two catches and six targets week four against the bills. Cole Beasley racked up 75 yards on seven catches and was targeted 12 times. And then last week against the giants, golden Tate. I know he, most of this came from kind of a play where he managed to keep it, in 
bring it in and run it for a touchdown. But he finished with 102 yards and a touchdown on six catches for nine targets. And these were, I picked these games because these are really the only games that they played a halfway defense offense. But I think Gilmore is going to be shadowing Robbie Anderson. So he is a no go. Do not start Robbie Anderson this week. No, I need him to do well. Oh, sorry, sorry. Start Robbie Anderson this Thank week. <laughs> uh, but I think Crowder could finish with like eight catches on 13 targets and 70 or so yards, which again, Definitely uh, a strong play for PPR. Yeah, it's a good call. The As much as I want Robbie Anderson to, to play well, the Patriots defense has been lights out. I think that a uh, good game for Le'Veon Bell. I mean, if you stuck with him, you're obviously starting him. I just want to call out, uh, if I'm Adam Gase, uh, Bell's getting 30, 35 touches this yeah. game, probably like 25 on the ground and 10 catches out of the backfield uh, because that, that that Patriots secondary has been a, a cyclone of radio blades, man. Cyclone of razor blades. I feel like it's a good band name for like I don't know what would that be? Death metal. I'm Cyclo- really prolific. Cy- so. Cyclone of razor blades coming to you live. Um, yeah, there you go. Barbershop quartet, maybe. <laughs> nice. That's where they have plenty of razor blades in a barber shop. Ah, you get me, Pete. I got you. I got you covered. Awesome. Uh, any other players you want to plug before we head out? No, it's it's all I could do is the it's all, it's all already already plenty. People are lucky to have us, Clark. Lucky right. to have us in their ears, telling them exactly who they should be starting and sitting this week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere you get podcasts. We are there. Fake Teams Podcast Channel. You'll also with it get our fantasy basketball and baseball podcast. So the three and one. Leave us a review. It helps a lot just to help us get out there. So, you know, just quick five stars. Toss them to us. You know, you know, we're worth it. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. And we will be back at you next week. Happy week seven, everyone. Good luck to you out there. Until then. Peace.